noticing the uh, four kinds of developments of samadhi and this is in the book of the fours in the Anguttara it says uh, the development of samadhi which is uh, conducive to feeling happiness and ease in the here and now the development which is conducive to knowledge and vision and this this is actually um, not not insight knowledge it's a kind of light a nimitta where you develop this perception of light so it's a kind of immaterial development where you can actually experience this quality of light uh, all day and night it's a inner light but it's, it's actually not it's not the the knowledge and vision of things as they are it's a, an induced um, nimitta experience <coughs> third kind is the uh, development of samadhi that leads to mindfulness and full, full awareness <coughs> fourth kind development of samadhi leads to the destruction of the outflows the basic corruptions of ignorance becoming sensuality these biases of the mind So it's it's quite you see that it can go in a range of ways and then one thing to notice is that the the second type is jnana dasana which is this light limiters um, but also recognizes this is a this is this is a, this doesn't go very far mm. So in the Hartwood Sutras, he talks about this uh, this quality and saying, well, yeah, but if you only stay with this, it's not an end. You should actually develop. And he talks about the first jhana, second jhana, and so forth, which in some ways seem to be backstep because they're much uh, less uh, refined. But one of the... Um, particularities about the Buddha's development of samadhi was that his previous teachers had taught him these uh, immaterial developments um, of neither perception nor non-perception, nothingness and so forth and he hadn't actually realized a full awakening and he'd given up on that and his awakening experience came from just a very simple um, sense of being in the body feeling uh, protected by the presence of his father nearby and feeling safe and comfortable sitting under a tree and just resting in that feeling the happiness and contentment of just being a peace in this rather simple innocent manner and this is how these these jhanas developed from there he just focused on that kind of quality of, of relaxed uh, contented trustful happiness in, in this particular way, so it's actually uh, you know jhana can seem to be a very um, you know esoteric possibility. I think the problem comes because we don't really ent- you know the uh, 
uh, bodily domain. And John is always associated whenever you, with the body experience. All the um, analogies referring to John talk about body experience. It's not immaterial. You can develop the immaterial after the jhana, or you don't have to, which is another main point. So you don't actually have to do that. But what does seem to be important for a Buddhist development of samadhi is that you really enter the fullness of the body in a kind of present, innocent way. You know, just the, here it is, you feel that out, meet it. Mm. And this sense of um, the quality of at ease. So again, you don't, uh, you can't kind of crush um, things into, that's why the word concentration sometimes goes astray, because we tend to pressurize or concentrate through the head. We think the mind is up in the head, that's the basic sense, the mind is in your brain. But uh, as you begin to experience things like, um, you know, bodily senses that go along with mental experiences such as doubt or worry, feel this kind of fluttering nervousness in your stomach or your chest or you realise the mind is not in the brain, it's, it's everywhere, it's in the whole body. The mind is just the body's way of speaking on a, a internal way, an internal expression rather than external action. And we pick that up and call it the mind. It's the mind bases the body. So, you know, when you, you really, why we, we do mindfulness of breathing, you know, which is something that does affect the whole body as a basic meditation system, rather than leaving the body or going to some something of that nature, which certainly the Buddha seemed to be able to do under these other teachers seem to bypass the whole body system and go into these immaterial states. And then mindfulness and full awareness is described as uh, the samadhi, development of samadhi that is about mindfulness and full awareness is to contemplate or to be able to be with the experience of the five aggregates arising and passing. Yeah. So you've got enough stability to actually witness things moving. Sometimes we feel concentration, nothing should move. Shouldn't be any movement. Well <laughs> you know, maybe that's what happens. But there there is movement. Yeah. And so that aversion to it, or the uh, disappointment of it, or the sense of confusion about that, things arise, things pass. So the rising and passing of the five aggregates, the first aggregate is the form aggregate. Can you feel in your body things arising, rising up? Can you be with that? Mm. Does it pass? is uh, strange senses and tensions and uh, pressures and sinking. 
that requires a kind of uh, there's a samadhi that is about being able to be with that certain collectedness, gatheredness, stillness, steadiness that's able to be with that. So we're not rising and passing of the body, doesn't have to wait a lifetime for that, you can experience it in the here and now. Feeling, perceptions, meanings, values, the interpretations we put upon things. You know, in the morning, you start off as a wreck, you have breakfast, you feel jubilant, you come in, you feel kind of peaceful, and then by 10 o'clock you're feeling, you kind of want to slump down and have a rest, <laughs> perk up for the meal, afternoon suddenly full of vigour, brief flush of feeling on top of the world, then down again at tea time. So which one is the real me? You know. <laughs> And then times when you, you know, you go in your practice, you think this is the only way. And then another, another few months' time, you think this is a total cul-de-sac, there's no way through. And the, the kind of ways we keep, the stories we keep producing. And so, you know, but it doesn't say you shouldn't have one. It's just to recognize this, the story, the perception right now is this, and you're okay. And if you, you know, if there's, if my, this is a samadhi, that gives rise to mindfulness of full awareness, it allows that process to pass through more quickly. It doesn't, see, it doesn't say things should never arise. It says that having arisen, you, you see them, you understand them, you learn something, something, something occurs and it passes, it completes, it finishes. There could be a lot of not wanting things to arise that we, we find embarrassing or can't accommodate. Mm. Mm. Sankaras, these are the, the programs, the energies, the, the impulses, the intentions that arise in us, our action stations. Mm. Sometimes these you know, get flummoxed, you don't know what to do think you know what to do, it's full speed ahead, and it's reverse gear, and then it's coasting neutral, and you know, try this, try that. And see, you know, these, these kind of, also, there's, they arise and they pass, and states of consciousness. So, this is, you know, there's a lot there, really. Samadhi, development of samadhi that leads to mindfulness and full awareness. So sometimes, often we see it the other way around. Mindfulness and full awareness will lead to samadhi. Will lead to samadhi. And uh, I, I imagine that you know that's true, and vice versa is also true. That you know, as as you as you have more stability, more collectedness, then one's mindfulness and full awareness is is enhanced by that, so it's a kind of um, dynamic process, symbiotic, one feeds the other. As we work through the coarser experiences to the subtler experiences, and so on. Because for most people it's the, it's the case that you, you may start off meditation, at first it's really coarse, gross stuff, 
you know, falling asleep, restless out the door, jumping up and down, continual <laughs> stuff going on, and then, you know, then it sort of settles down, you get a bit more peaceful. Hey, this stuff really works. Hey, this is good. This is, yeah, this is really, yeah, this is good. It's working. And then, clang, you know, goes off again. Suddenly, it doesn't work. I can't do it, you know. It's because it is a way in which as you, as you cultivate, as you develop, that your, your line of development is an, is an un, unfolding all kinds of karmic residues. And uh, so as you get through one lot, then there's a, there's a bit of clarity and flow, and then another lot comes up. And it, uh, some of it is very strange as you get through the more deliberate levels of, you know, where we have some control becomes these more no control experiences. We get overwhelmed experiences. We get um, being taken out. It's very uh, confusing. And these are um, gross uh, experiences of uh, fear, anger, uh, lust, uh, you know, if, um, just sorrow and grief, depressed, these kinds of things can come up. And they, you know, uh, you, sometimes you just kind of start blaming somebody else or pasting them onto somebody else or something else, or then eventually you realize, well, you know, it's, it's happening in this place, so, okay. There's some mindfulness to actually start to own these things, these experiences, um, and then the, 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 the skill is to, to, to meet this we have to find a place where we can meet this yeah. and because a lot of this stuff has got a, a strange um, you know um, psychological domain to it because it's often got a strange familiarity to it because it is old karma being revisited so it seems like me it feels like some some deeper psychological structures are being released or being um, exposed memories and that's that's that certainly has truth in it yeah. That's one way of looking at it, depending which window you're looking through. You look through the body window, which is more um, uh, well, the approach of meditation, really. You, know, you can approach in different ways, but the approach of meditation in, in, in this is to try to experience these things in the body. And you find out where can you actually be with in your, these experiences, these disturbances in the bodily sense, you know, meeting it, meeting it. Sometimes just the whole body, or walking, or standing, or stretching, or lying down, you know, just feeling it in the whole body, opening it. You know, getting the, so you have to access your whole body to find places in your body that are not affected. Mm. In the soles of your feet, palms of your hand. Or, um, you know, it's, it's difficult when you sit, but it's better when you walk. 
you know, a little bit of movement helps when you get the sense of flexibility or movement that helps mm. yeah. or it's better when you're uh, a lot of space or better when you, uh, you have other people around you feel a bit more comfortable so it's there are, there are you look at it very broadly the bodily domain and you, open, you extend it to not just this uh, sitting position but also the whole body, soles of the feet, top of the head, you get the whole picture, and even the different um, earth element, fire element, or whether the body is better to be still or moving, moving briskly, moving slowly. So all this is possible to be mindful of. And you want to be mindful in a way, full awareness, where you can actually meet rather than be trapped. So the pro- meeting is this means there's some capacity to meet. It's not just you're stuck. You don't want to just sit stuck. That is not, that is not meditation. That's, that's obsession. You know, it's, it's, it means you tend to kind of deepen that, that, pan, that channel. You, know, you think you're getting over it, but actually just sitting in a stuck state is not meditation. It's called sitting in a stuck state. <laughs> or SSS for short. <laughs> sitting in a stuck state, SSS does not lead to awakening, it leads to frustration. And, uh, you know, and then you get these habits where people just sit for hours, kind of falling asleep for hours, you know, day in, day out. <laughs> uh, you know, feeling if you just kind of calm the mind enough, you slip through it. When actually, it, no, that, it's not about calming down. You know, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But you, you want to be be aware of the the, the tendency to adopt particular uh, strategies, particularly when those strategies. Um, you know, I haven't actually met, really fully embodied, and met the experience first of all. You really felt it in your body and felt the places in your... So the, the, the pass mark, in my estimation, is, to, is you find the place in your bodily experience where it isn't. Then you can meet it rather than just be trapped by it. If it's completely gripped to your whole body, then, then you're trapped in it, aren't you? But is there some place or some movement or some posture, or some activity, or some non-activity, in a bodily sense, that actually gives you a place where you're not experiencing that tension, or that um, sinking, or spinning, or whatever it is. Top of your head, or if it's in moving your body, that's fine. So mindfulness and awareness, you know, it means you actually are able to bear something in mind and bring this quality of sensitivity to it. Because what um, sometimes gets missed, I, I feel, is that there is the possibility of a response. So you're not just kind of glazed, you know. Mindfulness and full awareness doesn't, you know, you just sit there, you don't do anything. Well, you don't do anything from a reactive, do-something place, but there is a possibility of a response can occur which is important because it's in the response there's the shift, something lets go 
you know, letting go is a response. You know, something is tense and held. There's some kind of meeting that allows, instead of just being stuck there, something happens. You shift. There's a shift. You don't do this. It happens. It happens because the meeting is is um, to the point. And then that which has arisen passes away. If it doesn't pass away, it means we haven't found the right meeting place yet. Still, it's 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 stuck somewhere. So, yeah. So there should be a sense of being able to to respond, or to allow a response to occur. And this response comes from um, the embodied the embodied state, the mind in the body. You're often the mind as thought, the mind as thinker with its ideas tends to impose strategies, impose values from the head down rather than actually you know, enter and allow responses to come from the, the body's the body understanding, the body's experience, the, the embodied mind, I would say. So it's not the, the flesh and blood thing, it's, the, it's this very intimate, immediate sensitivity we have through our bodies which are pretty responsive and uh, sharp. Mm. If you can attune to that. So I remember Pains in my back, volume two. <laughs> Another set of pains which I had for about 20 years. And there always this idea of uh, be mindful and watch it. So I've mindfully watched this for, on and off for about 20 years. And um, finally I was, I was actually in a place out in the desert, in, in the Mojave Desert at the time. So it was nice just to be out of the out of the situation. This is not nice, lonely, like empty places. And I was sitting out in this kind of in this uh, desert, the way one does in deserts. Much <laughs> to do. I can feel this sort of thing, and it was so because uh, I really had this lovely opportunity for a complete solitude and 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 our emptiness and so really wonderful. And then you're stuck with this particular experience again, kind of creeping up the back. And so I sat with that, just kind of feeling it. And then I could feel this kind of um, this mood arising in the body, kind of energy arising in the body. And then I found that I just started reaching out, and I just started picking up my hands, grabbed hold of some rocks. I just started lifting these big rocks with my arms and immediately I did that, I could feel this pain run, move away. And what this means was you should actually exercise your back. (laughs) Get the point to 20 years of patient, mindful, bearing with and so forth. You know, which is kind of head down, from the head down idea of, of Buddhism, isn't it? And actually the body's saying, 
um, excuse me. <laughs> you know, and but the 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 meeting place at the meeting place, what arose was something like rage. Yeah, it didn't really experience itself as as, as rage because it didn't actually go into a full-fledged emotion, it was that kind of energy, like a, a fire, a real, uh, I mean, like rage, hmm. but only for a few moments, but it was just that that kind of pushed through the head's ideas. <laughs> like a sort of this, there was a body just actually pushed through the head's ideas with something <laughs> like a kind of rage, and just get out of the way, I'm, do, I'm doing this. No. And that was interesting. Yeah. So, uh, and the, so this sometimes at these meeting places, when you meet things that are really blocked, uh, the body, what comes out of it is it produces some some kind of powerful and maybe uh, um, difficult or, or socially or personally odd emotions. Apparently, like I don't, I wouldn't have said I was a particularly violent person. Um, I've actually, I think I've ever, ever even struck anybody in my entire life. Maybe when I was a little nipper, I might have done, playing around. But I've never actually consciously even physically engaged in violence of any, any kind. Um, and yet the feeling was definitely one of, of that kind of energy. And since then, I've experienced it uh, more, more consciously, as a kind of energy where the body rallies all its all its energies in a particular fiery, strong way. And rather than f- f- trying to close that down, as or oh, you know, be peaceful, be tranquil, be calm, um, they say, well, actually, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do anything about this. Not going to act upon it, and you know I'm, I'm aware of this, and just to let that to be there, and see what it does. And sort of body kind of seems to, you know, on a subtle level, sort of expand and fire up, and then things shift. So, and um, I think that's really, to me, that's quite interesting because there's quite a, f- a lot of these these uh, these emotions or these emotion energy states are ones that we don't feel are pr- appropriate. Um, and, um, you know, you shouldn't have them. But we do have, the body does have them. All of us, I would imagine, you know, have that possibility of violence, you know, to, to destroy or to at least protect something in a very fierce way. Bodies do that. It's an instinct, they're supposed to do that. All of us probably have the strong message that you shouldn't be that way. And as a Buddhist, and particularly as a nun or a monk, you definitely, definitely shouldn't be that way. And we're on a level of sila, and an action, this is absolutely um, sound, straight, simple advice. You know, you don't act in those ways. But then what happens to that particular energy in your system? Mm. Is it actually resolved? Um, have you now said, "All right, you don't feel it, therefore it doesn't happen anymore"? <laughs> That's dealt with that one, hasn't it? 
So my sense is you have to actually have that safe container of harmlessness and then then that allows you to, to, to feel some of that in a contained way and it, it has its part to play, it transmutes into power, into vigor, into firmness, into clarity, into being fully present, into being strong. There's nothing wrong with being strong. Mm. So it's not hatred, it's just a, 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 an immediate claiming of, of strength, of one's strength. Nothing wrong with that. So sometimes, you know, but then on a, on a, a purely psychological level, we can feel uh, frightened of that, might lose control, um, ashamed of it, shouldn't be this way. So, and, and uh, you know, I'd, uh, uh, certainly quite a few people who come in, you know, uh, the early training, quite sort of quiet and you know, a little bit cowed, and they never get angry, and they're nice, and they're kind. And about three years later, they start getting angry. <laughs> about all kinds of things. <laughs> well, well, well. And I remember myself a few years ago. This was that there's some. Sometimes you get strange people come to the monasteries, <laughs> as if none of us are strange, <laughs> but even stranger. <laughs> you know, and there's one guy who used to come, and he was, he, was uh, he had some problems, but he used to kind of pester, pester the nuns or some of the nuns. He'd kind of pester them and hang around them, and and. Uh, so I think one of the nuns kind of met, complained to me and, and I sort of, it was really interesting, you know, she said this thing about this guy pestering her and that there it was, you know, I could feel this energy just run through my system. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I sort of went out and took this guy and, and uh, I didn't actually do anything but the energy in my system was very, very, uh, I think he could, he could immediately got the point. <laughs> oh, my, 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 you know. 15, 20 years of being a Buddhist monk, you're about to, there you go, being Tarzan. <laughs> Going to take this guy out. <laughs> kind of really incredible, isn't it? You know, humbling to see, see these kind of hormonal instincts embedded, you know. Protective instincts. I didn't actually do anything. I could certainly could feel the whole body just really light up, you know. And I was quite shaken actually, just to feel this in myself. I calmed down afterwards and just felt really quite a little bit shaky, just that what had happened. So there's these kind of responses, aren't there? You know, the fierce response, which is strength, and that mind interprets that as anger and can actually act in malicious ways. But um, but it's not it's not it's not inevitable. You know, it shouldn't be. Uh, that, that's it, that's that, that's part of the system. You don't have. But you make you know when you've got that mindfulness and full awareness, you don't actually have to 
act upon it. You don't also don't have to suppress it. Where's it coming from? Hmm. Yeah. There's arising, passing. Maybe it's got its role to play in in clearing some of these um, these blocks that people definitely experience. Hmm. And I think one of the things you note about, particularly about the forest uh, masters, they're quite uh, comfortable using fairly coarse or gross um, level of experience to handle um, um, meditative issues, contemplative issues. Uh, I remember one of the Anagarikas years ago went out to Thailand and he was really compulsive up in the head thinker. I mean, he would sit in meditation and he would actually be um, revising the Battle of Sevastopol in minute detail. (laughs) For no no reason, of course. Just his kind of head was just so full of stuff. And it was like, he only had to close his eyes and and the whole movies would start, you know. And he was just incredibly restless and up in his head and and he went to see Ajahn Chan and said to him, oh, well, eat like a pig and sleep a lot. <laughs> Which is not really canonical advice. <laughs> but in terms of just kind of saying, look, just get, get, get out, you know, get physical in the most obvious way possible is, 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 the, is the instruction. Just get physical. Uh, you know, and this isn't the time to be, you're not going to do it through breathing in and out. It's too subtle, you've got to get gross. Um, because you're dealing with something that is uh, of a gross level. You know, thinking is gross, it's a gross activity. So you meet gross stuff. You know, you may meet it from a kind of place of subtle awareness, just sensing it, but the response, you know, has to be of, you know, like, like nature, you know, somehow have that, that the energies that will, the gross energies that will move that. And gross also means things like um, sorrow, sadness, weeping, you know, it's not gross doesn't mean just kind of brutal. Um, it means joyfulness, um, it means movement, it means many things, you know. It's just, it, gross just means you can, you, it's very clearly defined, it's, it's quite obvious, it's not a subtle state. Mm. Remember one of the uh, Anagari cars who had a lot of, of uh, body problem, just really not being able to be in a body at all, a lot of difficulty being in a body, um, and to the point where she was finding it difficult to eat anything. And then, uh, um, it's, uh, so I think it was just Tani, it was kind of just getting her to learn to dance a little bit, you know, just kind of move the body around, just, you know, get into your body. Move it around, you know, feel at home with it, feel it light, feel it flow, you know, 
get the get that being in there. You know. So I think these are all when you get the sense of of um, particularly when things are are stuck for a long time. You know, you, it's often the case that the meet, the meeting place you don't it doesn't shift through subtle refined means like mindfulness of follow uh, like mindfulness of breathing. It may do, but you recognise if it's not shifting, well, you know, you give it some time, give it some time, give it some time. But for a while, you know, it's time to start changing your strategies. Because if you stay stuck with that, the tendency is to, to, to sort of embed it in a way, and it becomes a whole um, identity experience. I am the person who is this, this is mine. And there's a kind of defeat around that. Why I think you know, meditation as a process is difficult mysterious, enigmatic, and sometimes wacky, you know, <laughs> you know just, uh, it's, it's not this nice, clear, you know, ever, ever, ever-increasing refinement through to bliss, then we dispense with bliss as being beneath us and into the transcendent, <laughs> you know, it's all straight line, you know, uh, I, uh, I think some people, it may be, I don't. I don't know them. Most people I know have to go zigzags and over rocky terrain because of karma. You know, you go, the vehicle is fine, but the terrain that you have to move across is bogs, mountains, floods, deserts, fog. So, you know, the vehicle is mindfulness and full awareness, yeah, and then you operate within that. Mm. So in the... Um, arising and passing of an aggregate, like a body experience. And often that will carry with it a particular um, you know, meaning, a bit of self, a bit of what I am. You know? Because the stuck, uh, the stuck place becomes a place where it's rather like you, know, you, um, you put a bit of grit in an oyster and then all this stuff accumulates around it, becomes a pearl. Similarly, when you stay and you get stuck, something stuck, what tends to happen around it is there's a, a psychological cyst develops around it. It becomes myself. So I become the kind of shy person or the, or the busy person or the um, person who always comes up with a joke or the chatty person. You know, whatever it is. I mean, you know, these are just the things that we become our kind of persona. You know, often around um, you know when places where we have, haven't able to liberate, we haven't let it pass through, so we become that. You know? And 
you know, you kind of operate through that, that method for a while. But when you meditate, you can't do those things. Hmm. Or you experience them as stuck. You experience them as me again. You experience their sadness or their heaviness or their dreariness or their fearfulness or their heldness, you know. The mind that continually chatter, 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 and you think chattering is the problem. Chattering is the symptom, often of things like fear, or of um, inability to meet one's uh, the emotional basis of anger or pain or grief. You know, so the mind you, you get out of it by chatter, 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 chatter. Read, read, read. Think, think, think so forth. And then you try to get rid of the thoughts, it won't happen. It won't happen. You actually have to meet that place where you feel the energy of the thought forms. And then stay with that. Then you begin to sense what's beneath it. That's meeting. Yeah. And if you can use the body reference to sense, you know, how that is in your body when you meet this, you feel a kind of slight freeze or a slight shiver or a slight, you know, shift of some kind into the bodily domain, then you're starting to meet it. And then you need to, my suggestion is, just to find a place where that isn't and then be able to feel your way through these, these bodily senses. Uh, and then a response can occur, often from a place you don't know. You don't know what to do. Because you are the result. You are the bit that's arisen out of unknowing. So you don't know what to do. And you try, and um, the, the I am learns and thinks and has some very nice ideas and perhaps even correct ideas but right medicine, wrong, put on putting, you know well it's good medicine but you can't it's not appropriate you know it's like taking a headache pill for when, you're, when you've got chill blains it's not so the, the real medicine arises from the don't know you don't know from your head. See, it's something you has to listen. And then there's an, there's it, there can be the response arising from the, from the bodily domain. Intuitive. Sometimes risky. Not like I normally am. Not what I should be doing. These kinds of senses to it. And then for a while, okay, this is a, this is uh, um, this is a spiritual path. It's a path of inquiry. It's a path of homelessness, going beyond, dropping out. You know, it's got all those signs to it. So the one you have to leave behind is your strategied self. It's as if with the um, what needs to occur is that uh, you know with these 
calming obstacles is that the very energy of that, the trappedness of it, needs to find a place where it can be released and accommodated. So it's as if there's a... And what's getting in the way is one's um, strategied approaches. When there is a release, the kind of sense of the, the phenomenon seems to pass and what the energy of that phenomenon is then incorporated so that the process of awakening is not purely an eradication. It's an eradication of dysfunction, dis-ease, dis-ability. You know, and with that is the um, awakening into a larger more fluid, more alive, vitalized sense. Naturally, because of this, the capacity for samadhi, concentration, collectedness, one-pointedness deepens because one is not internally divided, not internally struggling. Therefore, the basis for... um, collection, collect one-pointedness gathers and strengthens with every release that can occur. So mindfulness and full awareness develop samadhi. Mm-hmm. Samadhi develops mindfulness and full awareness. <coughs> 